Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Now, Isaiah's writing here, and he's writing this 700 years, over 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. And he, he writes these words down, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is an incredible prophecy that was prophesied of Jesus Christ 700 years ago. Now, if you have... Uh, if you have another Bible other than the King James Bible, a lot of times they'll change this word up, virgin there, and they'll put young maiden, and they'll try to translate that word as young maiden. But that's no prophecy at all that a young girl has a child. That happens every day of the week. That some young girl gets pregnant. That's, that's nothing new. But what makes it special, what makes it amazing, what makes it a miracle is that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. And that not only was he born of a virgin, that these words were written down 700 years before Jesus Christ even showed up. That's, you understand that America hasn't been around for 300 years. That, they, that would double the time, double the date of America you would have before you could even get close to a prophecy. This is an amazing prophecy, and only God could do that. That's why you know you have the right Bible in your lap. Because of the prophecy in this book that God will tell you. And God says that in the other parts of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 42 and I think in Isaiah chapter 40 he says, Listen, you'll know I'm God because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. That's how you'll know I'm God. And that's how you know you got God's book here. Because that's what's going on here. And it says that this virgin is not only going to conceive, but notice at the end of this verse 14. He's going to conceive a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does that name Emmanuel mean? Well, Emmanuel means God with us. That means that God is going to come down and start dwelling with man. That's what Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ, when you see Jesus Christ, you're seeing God. When you hear Jesus Christ, you're hearing God. That's what Emmanuel means, and that's why Emmanuel is so important. That's just another name for Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is all the different names that the Bible's given Jesus Christ. And one of the names there is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now look, at, look ahead to Isaiah chapter 9. Look ahead to Isaiah chapter 9 and look at verse 2. Here's another little quick prophecy. Isaiah 9, 2. Here's another quick prophecy. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. And it's prophesied that the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. There's been no greater light than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's been no greater light shine on this world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, he said. He is the light of the world. And what happens is when you, be, when you become a, a Christian, you come, become born again, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that light comes in and dwells in you. And you know what happens in your life? That light starts shining forth and people will notice a difference in your life. They'll notice that you're different than the rest of the world. That you're different. You have a lot about you. You have a countenance about you. You, you could be the most dog-ugly person in the world, ugly as a mud fence, but if you have Jesus Christ in you, you're going to shine and have a lot about you. <laughs> yes, some of the most beautiful people I've met are ugly Christians Amen. that just know they're ugly, 
and have the Lord in them, and they just live their life, and they, they have a brightness about them. They have a countenance about them. They're not vain at all. And they'll let their hair stick up in every different direction, and they just walk around in the world enjoying life. And I love people like that. I love somebody who just doesn't care like that. Just, you know, they don't wear the latest fashions. They don't drive the latest cars. They're just, they're just themselves. And let the light shine in them. And there's a prophecy. And listen, you are living in the land of the shadow of death. Do you know there's a good chance that I'm going to preach a lot of y'all's funerals? Woo, somber it down, brother. Let's just bring it down a little. But moving on to verse 6. This is what I want to focus on this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even Forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Guys, we've got a promise there. We've got a promise there in the scriptures, verses 6 and 7, that Jesus Christ was going to be born. And there's things that are written in those scriptures right there in 6 and 7 that haven't yet took place yet. And I can't wait for them to take place. But I want to focus this morning on His name. His name. And His name. His name should be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Priests. The name says it all. The name of Jesus Christ. The name says it all. This name, the names that are going to be given here, they say everything you need to know about Jesus Christ. They talk about His character. They talk about His work, His deity, His relationship, His power. It's all found in this name. And a name says it all. And when I've run into Jehovah's Witnesses, and, they, they, and when they're stupid enough to knock on my door, when a Jehovah's Witness has had a bad day, and they've had a good day up to then, and they're all happy, and they knock on my door, they always leave frowning for some reason. Because when they knock on my door and we get to talk about it, they'll say, well, I know, I know his real name. His name is Jehovah. I'll say, well, I know him better. It's Jesus. Because Jesus simply means Joe, Jai, that Jah of Ju, G, Jesus Jah is Jehovah. It's short for Jehovah and Seuss of Jesus. Seuss is saves. Jehovah saves. See, I don't, you know him as Jehovah. I know him as Jehovah saves. Amen. And that's how you need to know him. And let me, let me take it a step further. I know him a little better because he allows me to call him Father. <laughs> I know him as Savior. I know him as a Father. And it says there in verse 6, For unto us a child is born. That's the Son of Man. Unto us a son is given. That's the Son of God. Jesus Christ had a dual nature that when He was born of Mary, he, it, it, it's an amazing, it's a mystery, the Bible said. The Bible calls it a mystery of godliness. And that mystery is, is that God was put down in the flesh and that He's the Son of Man. He's fully man. And He's the Son of God. He's fully God. And it's, it's a mystery that Mary is holding God and changing God's diapers. Amen. And that God down here in flesh could cry 
and get weary and get tired. But God doesn't get tired and God doesn't get weary. And God can't be touched like that. But when He's in the flesh as Jesus Christ, He's the Son of Man. But He's also the Son of God. A child is born. A son is given. So when God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, John 3, 16, when God loved us enough that He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, that's the greatest gift that God ever gave man. See, it's Christmas time, and we love Christmas time. And we love putting up Christmas trees. And we love, everybody loves putting presents under Christmas trees. But when you study your Bible, God only decorated one tree. God only decorated one tree, and it was on a cross. That tree was a cross. And that tree He decorated with the precious Son, Jesus Christ. And He put underneath that tree the precious gift of the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift He's given all of mankind was His Son. And it was a Son is given. And the government, the government shall be upon His shoulder. That's coming in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ when He's a King of kings and Lord of lords. Our Savior is a King now, but He hadn't came back to get His kingdom yet. And His name, let's focus on this, and His name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. That name Wonderful speaks to Jesus Christ's character. That speaks to Jesus Christ's character. Because you can say, when you look at Jesus Christ and you get to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and as a Christian, we can say, He is wonderful with a capital W. Our Savior is wonderful because, why is He wonderful? Because He does wonders. Amen. Man, we, you got the right Savior in Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no name. I don't care who it is. There is no name that's attached. There's more miracles attached to that name than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He walked, in cal he walked on water. He calmed the storms of life. He resurrected the dead. Amen. Miracles, wonders attached to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, you've got the right man in Jesus Christ. You've got the right name. He is wonderful because he did so many wonders on this earth. When you get to looking at everybody who claims to be a savior in this world, and I know I hammer this all the time because it drives me nuts to turn on the TV and to see them, and they always try to lump them all together. They try to lump Muhammad and Buddha and Jesus and Gandhi and you just put them, they all try to lump them together. Mother Teresa, whoever else, the Pope, they try to lump them all together and they're not the same. Amen. Nobody's done what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. Nobody has, has more wonders attached to His name. Our Savior is wonderful. He's wonderful and no one else comes close. But the greatest wonder that I know Jesus Christ did is He saved me. Amen. That's the greatest wonder I know of. Is how does He care enough and love this old wicked sinner enough to save me? I, I'm, I'm just standing in amazement of that. Because I know I'm not worth saving. Amen. Thank you, brother. I'm not worth saving. There's nothing wonderful about me, but he has so much wonder and love that he, has, he stopped and saved me. Back when I was 17 in that old church building, he stopped and said, I'll save you. 
You know what I love about my Lord and Savior is when you read about Him in the Gospels, and I encourage everybody in here to read your Bible and get to know Jesus Christ. I want you all to get to know Jesus Christ like I know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him. Because here's this man walking, and when it started, the rumors started getting out. He's healing the blind. He's healing lepers. He's, he's giving lame people the ability to walk. He's healing the deaf. He's, doing, he's raising the dead. These, these words this started getting published throughout the land. They all started running to Jesus Christ, and He had walked by, and there'd be literally tens of thousands of people thronging to get to Jesus Christ. And one one old blind beggar, one blind beggar way off over there. Nobody loved him. Nobody cared about him. He'd be over there and he'd go, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. And he would stop with thousands of people around him and say, I want to talk to that man right there. Amen. I want to talk to that man. What, what can I do for you? Have mercy on me. Save me. I have mercy on you. I will do it. One man out of 10,000 just cried out, have mercy, and he would hear that man's voice. Guys, that's a wonder that he stopped and saved each one of you. And I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ saved my mother. Because my mother had passed away when she was in her early 40s. And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ that he saved my mother because when Christmas time comes around and we all start missing our parents... You know, you start missing your family when, you know, you start thinking back. But I know that my mother's up in heaven, and it's all thanks to Jesus Christ. And I've got that great hope that I'm going to get to see her again and get to see my loved ones again because of Jesus Christ. Yes, 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 His name is wonderful. <laughs> and I don't mind saying it. Yes, His name is Jesus, and His name is wonderful. Yes, I will call Him wonderful. And everybody else can hit the road. You can take your saviors. You can take your religions. You can take your churches. You can take whatever you want. Take it. Whatever you want, take it. I'll take Jesus Christ. He's the one that heard me cry out, Have mercy. I'm a sinner. Have mercy. And he stopped and had mercy. And showed me grace. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. Counselor. Counselor shows his work. That name, just like wonderful, shows his character. The name Counselor, Counselor, shows the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why do we call him Counselor? Because he gives great advice. Amen. You read through the Bible and there's so much great stuff in the Bible and it gives you a way to live. But some, just the simplest and greatest thing any man's ever said was spoken by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he simply said, Do unto others as you'd have done unto you. Amen. That is so simple and so profound. Only God could give us that. Because you look at it, so many sayings, and so, there's so many sayings that are real long, and they got, just do unto others as you'd have done unto you. That's a, something a great counselor would give you. It's so wonderful and such great counsel that we have, we have labeled that the golden rule, right? It's golden because you don't get any better than that. That's, that's the golden rule. 
But when you, I, I've been in school there in Bangs, and I walked into a classroom, and they had these quotes from Martin Luther King, and they had these quotes from Gandhi on there, and they had all these different, and they'd have them on the wall, you know, and then underneath there it'd say Gandhi or say Martin Luther King Jr. or whatever. And I looked over there, and it said, Do unto others as you'd have done unto you. And it said, The golden rule. Uh-uh! <laughs> no, Jesus Christ said that. You better give him the quote. Amen. Man, that drove me nuts. You're giving him the quote. You're giving them a quote. But when you don't want to give Jesus Christ the credit? Yeah, you can call it the golden rule, but Jesus Christ said it. Because he's the counselor. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Because there's no better advice than you can get from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Really, really, you know... You think of like Ann Landers or Dear Abby, and you think about these, you ride into the, you know, Jesus Christ gave that same type of advice. He said, when you go into a room, you go into like a, you go into like a banquet or a feast, he said, don't, this is, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but this is what he told his disciples. He said, don't go and sit at the head of the table. Go sit at the back of the room. Go sit over there. And he said, because it's better than you to be sitting at the head of the table and somebody come to you, hey, hey, you don't belong there. Come over here. You sit over here. He said, that embarrass you. He said, don't be embarrassed like that. Go sit at the back. It's better than for somebody to not call you and say, hey, get out of that person's place. It's better for them to say, hey, you don't belong there. Come up here and have a higher seat. Have a better place at the table. That's really good advice. <laughs> He's a counselor, guys, with a capital C. You see that in your Bible? He's a counselor. He's a counselor. But you need to be careful who you get, get advice from. You need to be careful who you get advice from and what advice you give. And what advice you give. I heard a story and read a story from Billy Sunday. And he was telling the story back in the 1800s that, you know, everybody, a lot of people traveled by train. And this uh, man and this woman and a little child were on a train. And there was a great blizzard outside of this train. And this man noticed this woman was very nervous, and she had her little baby there. And he said, ma'am, what's wrong with you? And she said, well, I know I've got to stop at this certain station, but I look out the windows of this train, and there's a blizzard and so much snow, I can't even see where anything's at. And he said, well, don't worry, ma'am. I ride this train all the time, and I've been on this track a lot, and I'll tell you when to get off. She goes, okay, thank you. Well, the train stopped. He said, well, your next stop, the next stop is the stop you need to get off at. She said, oh, thank you so much. So after the train went a little ways, the train stopped. And he said, ma'am, ma'am, it's your stop. You need to get off. She said, oh, thank you so much. And she grabbed her baby up, and she stepped out those doors, and there was a blizzard and snow, and she started walking, and the train closed up. The train doors closed up, and, and the train took off again. And the train stopped at another place. And the conductor yelled out the name of the station. And the guy said, no, 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 you got that wrong. We just stopped back there earlier. And that train conductor said, no. Our engine broke down for just a little while, so we stopped for a couple of minutes, and then we moved on, and that guy got terrified. He said, oh, I, got that, I let that woman off at, out in the middle of nowhere. They found that woman, that little baby, cuddled together, dead, frozen to death. She had took the advice of that man, and that man had given her the wrong advice. You need to be careful... Who you're getting your advice from. I know we got some young kids in here. We got some young ones. You need to be careful what you're getting the advice from. From Facebook. From the media. From Google. From Twitter. From Instagram. 
You're getting some advice from some places. You might not want to take that advice. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, if you go to Jesus Christ and look at His advice, the great counselor, and His name is called counselor. You're reading it in your Bible. That's the best advice you could ever get. Amen. It's from our Lord and Savior, the great counselor. And He is a great counselor. Look at he keep your hand here, but look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's turn to Hebrews. If you've got your Bible open, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. I'll show you something about Jesus and why he's such a great counselor. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. These are some famous verses, but we, we, should, all, uh, we should all know these. And I was reading this story about this, uh, Terry, the city, the city council. Terry will understand this. The city council. And there was a city council for a city outside of Los Angeles. I think it was like High Vista or someplace like that. And they, they were arguing about the water, van, uh, water mains that they wanted to put in. And they said, uh, well, we know Los Angeles has been dealing with the same issue, so let's go up to Los Angeles and let's talk about which, one they, which water main they picked. And, and the city councilman said, let's go to Los Angeles, talk to them and find out what mistakes they made and then we can learn from their mistakes. And the other city councilman stood up and said, we don't need Los Angeles. We're big enough to make our own mistakes. <laughs> that's, that's a councilman for you right there. That's a, that's a pure city councilman right there. We're big enough to make our own mistakes. That shows you the stupidity people have. The pride that people have. They're so prideful they will not take the advice from somebody else. Listen to some of these people that have lost their hair and have a lot of gray hair. We can give you some really, really good advice how to make some really, really stupid mistakes. You know why I can give you such good advice about stupid mistakes? Because I've made a ton of them. And I can, tell you, I can tell you how not to borrow money. I can tell you who not to borrow money from. And I can tell you what time of the year not to borrow money. I've made some really, really stupid mistakes about money, about marriage, about my child, about my life. And man, just stop me outside of church. I can give you advice for here, from here all the way up until 8 o'clock tonight. But I know you don't want it, right? Amen. But I'm telling you, you can be too prideful to take good advice. And if you'll, if you'll stop, you know what? I, you know what? Let me say this for, for, for the love of everything that's holy. It takes you to you're in your late 20s or early 30s. Some of us don't get into we're to our 40s till one day we wake up and we go, my mom and dad were right. I thought they were stupid. I thought my mom and dad were trying to hurt me. I thought they were trying to keep me from having fun. And you wake up and you go, oh, they were right. So if you're in here and you're young, listen to me. They're right. Your mom and dad are right most of the time. Amen, Brother Al. They're, 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 you're, you're, your parents are right 99% of the time. Unless they go against this Bible. Amen? Unless they go against this Bible. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at our Lord and Savior. Verse, uh, verse 15. Look at our Lord. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Look at our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, how He's a great counselor. For we have not an high priest. Jesus Christ is our high priest, which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities. Jesus Christ cares for you, and He's touched by your, your problems, by your sorrow, by your heartache. Jesus Christ cares and is touched by that. He's a great counselor, right? We read it together. Capital C. He's wonderful and he's a counselor. And he has in all points been tempted like as we are yet without sin. He knows the temptation you've been through. He knows the temptation you fell to. He knows the sin that you committed. Hey, there's nothing new to Jesus Christ. 
You're not going to shock Jesus Christ when you tell, well, Lord, you know, I've I, I done this. Oh, he's not going to fall down shocked. You know, I've been, pastoring, I've been pastoring for about 16 years. And I've talked to some people, and I had one guy ask me, What's the, what did what, what, you find out when you started being a preacher? What, what a pastor? What's, I said, here's the main thing I found out that shocked me is that anybody can do anything at any time. Any kinds of sins. Every kind of sin. And when you get, you've been pastor as long as I am, nothing shocks me anymore. Do you know what I realize? Everybody's a sinner. That's why I get up here and I'm so bold about saying, you're sinners. <laughs> you know why I'm so bold about that? Because I know you. And I know me. And I know people. And I've had people come into my office. I have people coming to this church. I have people call me on the phone. People are sinners. <laughs> And I'm a sinner. And I don't have no problem hitting you and stepping on your toes. Amen. And I know what people are able to do. So don't feel bad when you fall into some temptation and do that mistake. Yeah, you do it. We all do it. We've done bad stuff. You better go to Jesus Christ, ask Him to forgive you, pick yourself up, stop doing that sin, and move on. Amen, Amen okay? Put it in the past. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. He was tempted like that. He's not surprised. He can be touched by your infirmities. In verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Boldly unto the throne of grace. Boldly unto the throne of condemnation. It don't say condemnation. It says grace, brothers and sisters. Grace. You're not coming to a throne that's going to condemn you. You're not coming to a throne of Jesus Christ that's going to slap you down. You're coming to a throne of Jesus Christ that's going to say, I understand and walk down and hug you. That's why he's called wonderful. Amen. That's why he's called a counselor. Because he doesn't condemn you. He comes down and says, I know you made the mistake and it's all right. Let's not do it anymore. Amen. He does it all through the Gospels. Amen. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is, he is the great counselor. That's why his name is called counselor. Back in Isaiah chapter 9, let's move on. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. I think I've established that his name is Wonderful, and he, he, he deserves it. Amen. The name says it all, the name says it all. Counselor, I think I've established that he's a great counselor. The mighty God. <laughs> the mighty God, capital G. Jesus is God. Laid out there. What's wrong with the Mormons? What's wrong with the Jehovah's Witnesses? There's lots of different denominations, and I have that question a lot. Why are there so many different, different denominations? A lot of it is Bible arguments between the Methodists and the Baptists and the Lutherans and the Episcopalians. A lot of that in the Catholics sometimes, it's just Bible arguments where they're biblically not correct, but they're still saved. They're still saved. But what makes the difference between them, a denomination like that, and somebody like the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons? Well, a Jehovah's Witness and a Mormon, the first thing they'll tell you is Jesus Christ was not God. They'll argue with you that. Till they're blue in the face, they'll argue with you about that. They're stupid. That's right, brother. You got it right there. Your Bible says his name is called Wonderful and Counselor, and your Bible says his name is called the Mighty 
God. Amen. You know why his name is called God? Because he's God. Amen. He's the son of God and the son of man. Jesus is God walking with his creation. You notice that God could have chosen anybody to come be born of. He could, be, he could have come and been born of a, of a queen. He could have been, come and been born of some rich woman, of, of, of any kind of beauty. Anybody, he could have been cho chose any woman in the world, but he chose Mary, a lowly carpenter's wife with no money. So poor they had to sleep out in a manger. That's how God chooses people. So if you're in here this morning and you don't have any money, God loves you. Because <laughs> that's, that's how his mother was. His daddy was like that. didn't have a lot of money. Praise the Lord for that. I like that. I come from a poor family. I come from poor people. And I love it that the Lord loves poor people and was born of poor people. I love that. You know what else I love about the Lord Jesus Christ is and God the Father? Is that when he was born... He could have proclaimed that. Remember, he could have proclaimed. His angels could have went and sang to Herod. He, the angels could have went and sung to anybody out in the world. But they came to sing to some people working a night shift, watching some shepherds out in the field. Amen. The glory of the heavens opened up. The angels started singing. And here's some poor working man there with his sheep going, whoa. He came to the working man working the night shift. That's our God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The mighty God. Let's look at the next name. Because it kind of is tied together. The everlasting Father. The everlasting Father. Why is he called mighty God? That shows his deity. Let me, let me finish that one up. It shows his deity. That name shows his deity, calling him the mighty God. And he's called the mighty God because he's the creator and God manifest in the flesh. I think I established that. But this shows his relationship as being called the Everlasting Father. He's everlasting and he's a father, capital F. F. He's your father up in heaven. He's, do you realize what I'm saying to you? you realize what the Bible's telling you? That the creator of the universe is allowing you and adopting you into his family and saying, okay, you're adopted into my family, you're my son, you're my child, you're my daughter, and now I want you to start calling me Father. What does it mean to be called, somebody called, you know what? When some, you allow somebody to call you father, that means that you're responsible for their well-being. You're responsible for taking care of them, for feeding them, for clothing them, for giving them a place to stay. Do you understand what that means when he allows you to call him father? Amen. Man, there's some rich people I wish would start letting me call them father. Man, if some billionaire showed up, if Bill Gates showed up and said, Keegan, I like you a lot, and I want you to be my son, you can call me father. I just, tears would start rolling down. <laughs> yes, father. I, can you imagine? What does, that mean when, what does that mean when Bill Gates allows me to call him father? My father is a billionaire. That means I get his money. You, you understand? You greedy, you greedy people in here, understand this. That means you get money. But when God says... You can call me father. That means money doesn't matter. You own the whole universe. Amen. You own the whole universe. Money is a silly. My father is so rich, the streets are paved with gold. Amen. Grab a hold of that. The mighty God, the everlasting father. Jesus Christ is part of the Trinity. And what this is, is we call him Father because we're born again, and he's part of the Trinity. Jesus is part of the Trinity. Now, 
That's a biblical teaching that you see all through the Bible because Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh and God is one, but God works in threes and God is manifest out in three different ways. So it's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit. So you have God, He's manifesting Himself out in three different ways as a trinity. Like I would, I manifest myself out as, out as a friend to Al, as a husband to my wife, and as a pastor to y'all. So that's a, that's a manifestation of three different ways. But I'm the same Keegan. That's God the Father. Now, let me show you this. Keep your hand here, but let me show you this in John 14, because a lot of people have a confusion about this, but Jesus Christ straightens it out. In John 14, and we're getting close to close. In John 14, in Gospel of John chapter 14, and verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus Christ, he straightens this stuff out about the Trinity. Because the, the disciples didn't get it, so if you don't get it, that's fine. The disciples didn't understand it either, but it is true. There is a Trinity. There's a Father, there's a Son, there's a Holy Ghost. All three are one, they're same. One plus one plus one is three. One times one times one is one. This is a trinity. Now look at verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, He's the Lord and Savior, there's no other way to get to God but by Him. Amen. But that's okay. He's the truth, and He's the way you need to go, and he, He'll give you life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You got Him, you got that, those three things, Okay. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about anybody else. Now look, at, look at verse 7. If ye had known me, now he's talking to Philip. If you know me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. So he says, guys, if you've seen me, you know my father. If you've heard me talk, you've known the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. See that trinity, that's that trinity talk going on. Look at verse 8 though. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth us. So Philip says, well, a lot of y'all say, okay, well, Jesus, you're talking about the Father. Well, show him to us. We want to see the Father, and that, that, that'll, that'll make us happy. That'll make us content. Look what Jesus says in verse 9. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He, hath, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He looks straight at Philip and he says, Philip, have I been with you this long? You don't recognize me? I'm the Father. Well, it's Jesus, but He's the Father. And He's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. It's a trinity but one. That's why the Bible says back in, back in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says that He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. See, that trinity's coming in there. He's all these things. And then the last one he's called, the last name given him in verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, in closing, in closing. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I'm going to read the whole verse again. It's so wonderful. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince, capital P, of Peace, capital P. He's called the Prince of Peace because he is the King of Peace. Amen. He's a prince, going to be a king. 
You, if you, listen to me this morning, if you've listened to nothing I've said this morning, and I don't blame you, but listen to me right now. If you don't have peace in your inner soul, and that's what we all want. We want peace. And a lot of times people go about trying to get peace through drugs or, 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 or through entertainment, through movies. Some people try to get sex through, uh, through uh, uh, happiness, through sex or any kind of way. Uh, alcohol. There's all kinds of different ways. People look for and they think they're going to have peace and happiness. And they, they don't. That's, and they keep needing stuff. And you don't have that inner peace that I can't explain to you that you only have in Jesus Christ. If you don't have that inner peace in your inner soul, why don't you come to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, and allow Him to give it to you? Because Jesus Christ says, My peace I leave with you. Not like the world gives you peace. I give you this peace. This peace that Jesus Christ will give you, I can't describe it to you. The only way you can have it is coming to Him and letting Him give it to you. And it's a wonderful thing to have, to have that inner peace. So in closing... I've shown you some names that shows his relationship, shows his deity, shows his power as being the Prince of Peace. Because that takes power to give you peace, and he has that power to give you the peace you need. But there's, the Bible says this, and I've already hammered this home pretty close, I mean pretty, pretty strict this morning. There is no other name under heaven whereby you must get saved. There's no other name. There's no other name. Well, we've just seen all these different names, but the only name is Jesus Christ. So if you're... If you're saved, and you think you're saved, if, you, if you're coming to Jesus Christ, and you're coming to a Christ, or you, if you're coming to a Christ, or you're coming to a Jesus that's not wonderful, and He's not wonderful, and He's not a counselor, and He's not a mighty God, and He's not an everlasting Father, and He's not a Prince of Peace, you're not coming to the right Jesus. Amen. The Jesus that you need to come to is wonderful, and He's a counselor, and He's a mighty God. And he's an everlasting father. And he is a prince of peace. That Jesus is the one I've been preaching to you for about 40 minutes this morning. That's the Jesus I want you to have. That's the Jesus I encourage you to receive as your Lord and Savior. It's that Jesus. And he will give you eternal life. He'll give you that salvation. The name, the name says it all. Wonderful. Because it's, it's his character, because he does wonders. He's a counselor. His name is counselor because he, that's his work, because he gives great advice. He's a mighty God because that's his deity, because he's the creator and God manifests in the flesh. He's the everlasting father. The name everlasting father is his relationship with me and you because we're born again and he's part of a trinity. And he's the prince of peace because that's his power, because he can give you peace because he is the King of Peace, Amen. capital P. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, I've been hammering it and hammering it and hammering it because that's the only reason I come up here. I want, the reason I come up here is I want to see people saved. I want to see people who, who get their lives changed by Jesus Christ. Do you know why I spend that time doing that? Because he did it to me first. Amen. And I know how good it is. And I know how wonderful it is. And I know how wonderful a counselor he is. And I know how much peace he's given me. And I understand how he's my God. And he allows me to call him Father. And I know all these things. And I love him for it. And it's wonderful to be saved. But boy, if you're not saved, I've been on that side of the fence too. And it is miserable to walk through this world not knowing what's going to happen to you if you pass away. 
Not, not knowing what the future holds. It's miserable not knowing Jesus Christ. And you can try to drown out that misery in all kinds of different ways. But let me tell you something. If you'll just come and take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we're not trying to embarrass you. We're not, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just trying to get you saved. If you'll come down and take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're never going to come. I've never had anybody come back and say, man, that was the worst decision I ever made. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I had that young girl come down when I was pastoring out of Harmony, and she got down, and I led her to prayer in Jesus Christ. And you know what she said when we got up? She leaned to me, and she whispered, and she said, it just feels so good. It just feels so good. Yes, girl, it does. It does. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't understand what me and that girl were talking about. It just feels so good. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, for these people, Lord, that come out here this morning, Lord God, to take the effort out to come worship you, Lord. And we're just praying that your son Jesus Christ was glorified in every way. And Father, as we approach you this morning, Lord, we approach you with a humble spirit. Father, we need the precious blood of Jesus Christ to cover us, Father. And Lord, I just pray if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's never received Jesus Christ, don't know of a time that they took Jesus Christ, Lord, as we give this invitation, they'll come on down the aisle, Lord, and they'll get saved. And they'll take your son, Jesus Christ. Just simply believe in him, Lord, like you said. And Father, we want to thank you for that. And Lord, I want to, Father, I want to ask for some special traveling mercies for these families as they go back all back across the state of Texas to where they live, Lord. I, Father, I pray that you'll send your Holy Spirit to that nursing home in Goldthwaite, Lord, that when we sing that your son, Jesus Christ, will be glorified, Lord, and th those souls will be blessed. And Father, Lord, I ask a special blessing on every soul underneath the sound of my voice. Father, bless them, bless their families, Lord. Father, I just ask, Lord, you to send your showers of blessings on these people, Father, for taking the effort to come out to this little church out here, Father. And Lord, we want to thank you for being wonderful, for being a counselor, for being a mighty God, for being our Father that's everlasting, and for being the Prince of Peace. We thank you for all these things. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already. 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. Same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.